Hello and welcome to the Rise of Her podcast. I'm your host, Roxanne. I'm a mum of four, wife and business owner. This is the podcast where we talk self-development, health and wellness, mindset, balancing career and family and everything in between. Think of me as your supportive bestie as we grow together and become the best versions of ourselves. If you want to create a life that you love, then you're in the right place. Hello everyone and welcome back to another guest episode of the Rise of Her podcast. In today's episode, I chat with Sarah. She's the owner of Sabi Studio, which is a content and photography studio based in Brisbane. She's also the author of the Rainbow Mermaids book. Sarah is such a beautiful and creative soul with quite a few things going on. She's an absolute powerhouse of a woman who trusts herself fully and follows her intuition as she brings to life her ideas, all with the purpose to bring a little bit more light into the world. Sarah shares a lot of great insight, so I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the Rise of Her podcast today. It's so lovely to have you on. Thank you. So happy to be here. I guess we'll just like jump straight into today's episode. I'm really keen to like learn more about your story and what you're up to with the studio and with your book. I think it'll be really lovely to chat more about those today. So did you want to give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Podcast. My name is Sarah Shitunde. I am the owner of Sabi Studio, the author of Rainbow Mermaids, and I also work for the UN. And I'm a mum of two. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy how you do so many things. <laughs> I'm just like, when? I mean, what about you? You um, do a lot see, of I, too. I don't like that about myself. <laughs> no, I look at you and think that girl is doing so much. Like I find it really inspiring, actually. So oh, well, likewise. Going on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's interesting though how like because I feel like I don't do a lot of things, but people always say to me, "You do so much." So it's really strange. Yeah, you do like you do a lot. <laughs> you seem to be like very multi-passionate, right? Very. Yeah. Very. I think I have, I think of myself as very multifaceted and I do have a lot of interests. So I started the studio and the book while I was on parental leave, having my second child. Um, uh, a lot of people are like, you need to calm down. I'm like, maybe I probably do need to calm down. But for me, we had a really wild COVID time and um, we were living overseas and we got split up with international border closures twice. And then we moved back to Australia, which resettling back home was a big adjustment. So I was like quite burnt out. Um, also working in the community sector, um, you know, can be quite taxing as well. So I work in child's rights um, as my, you know, office job. So I wanted to take, I knew I was taking around 12 months off from work to have my baby. I really needed to just recharge and I wanted to do something creative, like fill my creative spirit a little bit because I was feeling like quite borderline extremely burnt out and I just needed to fill my cup a little bit so the studio and the book stemmed from that yeah it's so crazy like when after you have a kid I don't know obviously it's like pretty similar to you I I get crazy creative in those moments where I'm like okay I'm not feeding a baby I'm not carrying a baby what can I do (laughs) and it's like oh all of this creativity like comes from within when you have those those few moments like I used to get a lot of my best ideas when I was nursing at like 3 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, same. I'm yeah. such a late night ideas person. Like, why do they always come in the dead of night? Like, I'm like, okay, I'll go to bed. And then I'll be lying there and be like, 
oh my God, I've just had the best idea. And then I've kind of got to like run with it for like a couple yeah. of hours, you know? It's so good though. You don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose that. It's not going to be there in the morning. Like you have to take advantage of when the idea comes like at that time. Yeah. I, I swear I used to say all the time, like with the amount of kids that I've had and the amount of time that I've been up with them, I probably could have written a whole book during those nursing times. <laughs> I actually do write. Like I used to write, like I'd feed Maya in the middle of the night and because I enjoy writing too. So I've yeah. got like an idea for another book that's my book at the moment is a kid's coloring book, but I've got like a written book. So I would like write as I was kind of awake too. Because yeah, there's something about it just kind of comes out at that time. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. Just because it's still... <laughs> It's still, you know, even though you're awake, it's a bit more still. So can you tell me like how you started Sabi Studio? Like what kind of gave you that idea? So Sabi Studio for me stemmed from the idea of wanting to create a space for creatives in Brisbane that was unlike anything else that was in the market. Um, Content spaces, I feel like are becoming more and more popular as content creation, um, photographers, influencers, small business owners are looking for spaces to come um, and create, basically. So Sabi Studio is at the bottom of our house. So it's the lower level of our house. It's got a private entry and everything. Um, but it was also a renovation project. So essentially, we had this space in our house that we weren't really using. And I was like, do you know what? Like, this would be a really, really beautiful space to turn into a studio and lease commercially, essentially, for for creatives to come and utilize. So I linked up with one of my friends who's an interior designer. I had my stepdad and my husband and friends and family help me with the actual renovation and styled it in a way that I feel like is very unique and very us. And it really gives that homely vibe because it is a home-based business. And yeah, I just I just really wanted to create that because I felt like there was nothing else like this in the market. Yeah. Well, I've been there. <laughs> um, you have? I have been there. <laughs> And I absolutely love it. And like, I just think that there's there's so much space to use and the props, I guess, and the way that it's decorated is just so like aesthetic, <laughs> which, I, yeah, I love, I love your space so much. When I went there, it was like overcast that day. So I was a little bit worried um, about the lighting and how it was going to go, but it actually, everything turned out so beautiful. Like all of my images and my videos were gorgeous. Like I love, I love the space so much. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you feel like that because I do feel like, look, I feel like everybody has their own taste and flavor, but I certainly have designed it for that purpose. So to get that feedback means a lot. Thank you. I'm so glad you loved it. I have to come back in. <laughs> you have to come back in, girl. Come anytime. You know where we are. I do. You're not that far from me. So. <laughs> um so I know you mentioned you also have a book so did you want to tell us a little bit more about how that journey began for you and what prompted you to create it sure so my book is called rainbow mermaids it's an inclusive kids coloring book for all children to see themselves as mermaids so I have two beautiful daughters my husband is Nigerian so our daughters have beautiful coily hair and I noticed that in the materials they were using every day the tv shows the books they just aren't characters that look like them and particularly in the mermaid space mermaids kind of all have one look um, and it was annoying. So I want my girls to see themselves reflected and represented in the things that they use every day. Um, I wanted to create a book that was a way more inclusive representation of what mermaids could be and reflect the amazingly diverse, culturally rich, amazing world that we live in. Um, and just really put that out there for more kids to be able to see themselves 
as mermaids. So we've got a range of different mermaid characters. A lot of them are based off people we know and love. So obviously my kids are really big inspirations, but we've got different kinds of family units, like two dad families, two mom families. Um, my cousin has Down syndrome. So there's a Down syndrome mermaid. There's a mermaid in a wheelchair. So it's supposed to be just a different lens on your stereotypical kind of mermaid book oh I love that so much (laughs) yeah so Ariel was my favorite Disney princess I loved her but the only thing that I really struggled with when I was a kid with that was that there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me um wasn't a lot of resources it was a lot of dolls like it was kind of rare um especially because uh I'm like half Filipina and I'm half Hungarian so weird mix but now like there's so many distinct princesses there's so many resources out there like I would have loved a coloring in book where I would see you know somebody that kind of looked like me that I could color in or there was people that looked like my friends so I think that's really beautiful that you've been able to create that and share that with people thank you yeah I've I've just heard so many stories like that and I mean you don't have to have curly haired kids to notice on TV that there's not that much diversity, you know, in the rainbow space, uh, sorry, in the mermaid space or in just like kids characters in general. I certainly think it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think there's a long way to go. And I think a lot of my friends like have echoed that same sentiment, like uh, when they were younger, just the importance of that representation and seeing yourself um, reflected and represented in the materials that you access every day. Cause it does affect how you feel about yourself. It's, there are beauty standards that are pushed through kids tv shows and books and movies and everything and everyone deserves to feel seen everybody deserves to feel showcased and you know see themselves up there and yeah so mm-hmm. I think that's really really important I certainly wanted that for my own kids so yeah um, I'm someone who kind of you know if you see a problem find a solution for it and if you can't find a solution create the solution so yeah um, that's that's why I did that. And I one other objective of it is I wanted it to be a talking point for families. You know, there's so many different cultures represented. It's a reflection of our life as an international family, of the many, many places that we've traveled and lived around the world. So, you know, taking all of that knowledge and experience and putting it into one book, I hope that families can also have conversations about different cultures and different places and different people and stuff like that. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's stocked in two stores at the moment. So, you know, we'll just continue to grow. And I've got such big goals and aspirations for how far that can go. And yeah, we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, it's so important for people to see themselves represented, especially because it makes you feel so much less alone. Like mm-hmm. you're not the only person. Cause I, yeah, I experienced that in high school where there wasn't a lot that looked like me. So I kind of felt like, oh, that's just me out there. But then, you know, go out into the world. There's a lot more people that look like same skin tones and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I really love that you created that. And I think that it will be so valuable to so many people and really help create some conversations. Thank you. That's the hope. That's the yeah. goal. And I've got some great feedback so far that that's what it's achieving. So it's kind of just scaling it now and pushing it as much as I can. So yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. How do you plan on getting your book out there more? So I am a true believer of the power of social media. I've just seen too many examples of people who just leverage social media. I personally believe that the power of social media is incredible so I'm going to essentially utilize that as much as I can Um, I've got a really amazing immediate network of friends and family who have supported the book as well and I think also just by having conversations about it and putting it at the front of people's minds um, 
yeah, to just continue its growth. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm just so like. Follow Rainbow Mermaids on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Everywhere on social media. <laughs> Every social platform where they <laughs> So do you have an experience or I guess like a pivotal moment in your career or just in your life in general where you've really changed your perspective of who you are? So I feel like I had a really pivotal time around aged like 26, um, which is like six years ago now, which feels freaky. But I had finished uni in my early 20s, just to give you a bit of a backstory, finished uni in my early 20s, um, worked for a bit and then um, moved overseas and had was in a bit of a crazy relationship. And that ended and I just had an opportunity to be on my own, sit and be extremely clear about what I wanted to do, what things I wanted to achieve with my life, where I was going to go and how I was going to do that. Um, So amidst a very hectic breakup, I kind of had this opportunity to just sit and be like, I have such a huge opportunity now to just connect with myself and be who I am um, and kind of just make sure that everything I did was really for me. So I sat down and literally wrote a list of like, okay, I'm going to achieve X, Y, Z. Um, And I ticked off every single thing on the list by the time I was 30. So that was everything from my master's, getting my dream job, finding my dream man. And we had a little baby too. So that was kind of a, that was like lower on the list. A lot of it more was the things on my own um so kind of you know meeting my now husband and having our daughter was something that I feel like could have only happened if I'd done all of my own personal work in advance of that and kind of achieved all the things that I wanted to achieve on my own um and then I think when you really prioritize yourself and you really dig deep and do the things that you're drawn to and that you know are right for you, um, then amazing things can happen on that journey. Do you think that you're a very intuitive person? Like you really tend to trust yourself and where that's going to take you? I certainly have strong sensations about things. So I actually put a poll on my story the other day about intuition because it's normal for me. Like I physically feel drawn to things, like whether that be a per- like when you're in a party, like I will feel drawn to a certain person or, you know, I'll be at a shop and I'll feel drawn to like an item or when I sit, there's a kind of meditational like heart work that I do that gives me a connection to something. So I certainly feel like I've channeled that. And I definitely believe that everybody has a purpose and some kind of, you know, spiritual alignment to something across multiple different fields and avenues, but definitely I'm an intuitive person and do choose to follow that and connect with that a lot because Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like when you connect with yourself and when you connect with your heart, that's your ultimate truth. And there's definitely success when you follow that route and have you always been that been like that or is that something that you had to learn to do I think I've always been interested in it um I've always loved personal development I'm quite a self-reflective person almost probably to the point where it's like probably a bit too (laughs) self-reflective borderline (laughs) overthinking do you know what I mean it's like yeah probably like still on that sometimes (laughs) but um I think it's something I've learned to understand and trust and delve more into kind of in my later 20s and in my 30s now like I have 100% confidence in in that 
calling um yeah. or that sensation or my ability to to trust my connectedness to things and and follow that in a meaningful way yeah I feel like I yeah I've definitely been connected to myself in a way and I feel like without taking the time to actually tune in it can it can feel like it gets away from you if that makes sense and all of the anxiety of the day and the stress of the day gets in front of that and confuses you a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think creating space and having stillness is so important to connect with that. And it's easy to get lost when you're busy. Like even the last few months, like I just feel like there's been other priorities. And also I feel like when you have that stillness, sometimes things come up that maybe you don't want to address or you've been avoiding a feeling or maybe something from the past. And if you have an inkling that it, (laughs) you know, it might be something, you know, painful, like not great that you're kind of avoiding, then you continue to avoid doing that but that doesn't serve anything like at some point you're going to have to face whatever it is that's under the surface and as soon as you address it you can set it free and then you can move on yes I totally agree with that 150 (laughs) percent oh my goodness like speaking the language (laughs) (laughs) yeah like really easier said than done like I feel like some people will be listening to this being like well fuck but I feel like the people who get it get it like the people who have that connection the people who choose to be connected to themselves who maybe are naturally more intuitive will totally get this and I think sometimes when you know maybe you're naturally more intuitive you can have that uncomfortable feeling and you're not quite sure if you want to sit in it or not do you know what I mean like you but then so for me whenever I get that uncomfortable feeling I really sit there like I take the time to unpack it as much as I can Mm -hmm. and be okay with being uncomfortable because it's only really like I found it's only really when you sit in that uncomfortable feeling and you take action from that that you do take those steps forward and you do grow as a person because regardless if you're uncomfortable it maybe it doesn't go the way that you want it to you'll still have a desirable outcome like either you learn something or it goes exactly you know goes the way that you want it to and I just I think there's so so much power in actually accepting it I love that you are so in tune with yourself that you're confident in the decisions that you make yeah but it's taken time it really has taken time and to go back to what you were saying about growth growth definitely comes from discomfort and like you said being able to sit in discomfort and understand it and kind of address it that is definitely the only way you're going to grow like you can't grow without discomfort and change they go hand in hand and I just there's something so powerful and courageous about being able to send that discomfort and be like this is so uncomfortable for me like what am I going to learn from this and then I do feel like eventually what's going to come will come and you'll understand it for me a lot of the time I already know what I need to do to progress and it takes courage to speak like it really takes courage to speak how you feel especially when you know it's going to be uncomfortable like that's really courageous something for me is I feel like all this is connected to the heart and the kind of meditation I was speaking about before is called heart sessions and it's literally an opportunity to connect with your heart and there's so much stored in there we have a very head-oriented world we're taught to make sense of things of our head and I feel like generally we're not taught to connect with our heart at all so that's where I think all of those truths come from and knowing what's right for you and maybe being like, look, I have to have this uncomfortable conversation because that's what's right for me. That's my truth. And I'm not going to sit in discomfort because you're not comfortable having this conversation too. So I think being connected to your heart and that ties into all the intuition, everything is definitely the most important. 
favorite thing you can do with life because it's about who you are. And when you know who you are, you can operate authentically. You can be connected to yourself. You can make decisions that are true to you. You can go for opportunities because you're not scared, all of that. It all like flows from each other and is interconnected in my opinion. Yeah. So these heart sessions that you do, are these <laughs> something, sorry, you've mentioned it a couple of times now, so I'm really interested. The yeah. heart sessions that you do, are they something that you do at home? Is it something that you've learned or do you go somewhere for those? Like, tell me a little bit about that. So they um, are a guided meditation. So I started off by going to see someone. There's a lady at the coast, there's someone in Brisbane, and essentially you sit and do a guided meditation where they help you breathe and relax and essentially ask you prompting questions, which then when you're very, this sounds, this is probably going to sound crazy to some people, but when you're in that state and they get you to visualize different things and they ask you questions like, what does your heart want to speak about today? Um, when you're really sitting in that still and safe space and are really focused, um, then messages come up from the heart. It's crazy what kind of is stored in there that is kind of locked away and um, very, yeah, like we just, it's not really something that we focus on or, or allow. Um, but so much truth is stored in there. So for me personally, that was really beneficial. Um, yeah. And I can now do it at home and it's kind of just like a meditation. Like I guess you just kind of sit and reconnect with yourself and ask yourself the same questions. And when you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and honest with yourself, so much comes up. I'll teach you. I actually want to learn how to do it to be a facilitator because I feel like it would be really powerful to do, but there's like, you've kind of got to, I'm not comfortable to do that with other people yet. I can give you my lady that I can see. (laughs) You're going to have to, you're going to have to, because I'm so interested. Like, yeah. Because like, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in trying this out. So you get, you're definitely going to have to tell me where to go yeah, so I can I do a session. And like, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like it's, I just think it's helped me so much because I feel like it allows you to connect to you. Um, It allowed me to do a lot of inner child work, um, like powerful, deep, deep stuff that you would like not even think was there kind of yeah. comes up. And it just allows yourself to really just be honest and genuine and, and connect and yeah. let go of pain as well. I think a lot of us store things that we would not even realize we're storing. So it's just an opportunity and a space to be like, let it all. It's always very emotional for me. Like I'm always just like, red, just crying. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just imagining. Yeah. To I'm just me, imagining. Like it's a release. It's a release. Yeah. So. I'm yeah. No, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pass I'll- I'll, have to pass I'll give you the dates. Don't yeah. worry. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess like moving on to more the business side of things, um, if you had to give anybody some advice who wanted to start a business like today and they said to you, hey, like what what's one piece of advice you could give me? What would you tell them? Just go for it. Just go for Just it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simple. Like, you know, I was listening to one of your other podcasts and you guys were saying, you know, there's never a right time. And I feel like that's echoed so much in the business world where I feel like people wait for the right time and there just is never going to be a right time and it's never going to be perfect. You know, like I'm a perfectionist. So that was actually really hard for me starting my business, knowing that some things weren't perfect mm-hmm. because for me, like I'm very like meticulous. I really don't like putting anything out there that I'm not like 110% happy with. And like the studio was perfect, but you know, like there were other elements. There's just so many elements with the business that are kind of also a huge part of it. And, um, you know, if you're just operating as one person, it's, it can 
be a lot to manage and it can be that you launch without everything being perfect and you kind of just have to accept that and just go for it like just go for it just launch into it and just go when you decided when you decided that you were going to go all in on yourself and start this the studio and you know put the book out there what was one of the main things that you reminded yourself of when you were worried about it not being perfect my um biggest goal and biggest motivation that I tell myself is that people are going to believe in things that you believe in so if you believe it and you're giving it your all that is completely infectious and other people are going to believe in it too so I feel like when you can just go for it and you can you know convince yourself that it's good enough like it is good enough it's beautiful what you're doing it's good enough just go for it then that can like that goes on to other people oh I love that you just hit me in the feels with that one (laughs) because it's so it's so true because if you have so much passion and you really believe in what you are doing then that people are going to see that they can see the intention behind it yeah so I love that advice I think that's amazing (laughs) all right well if um if you're ready for some rapid fire questions ready (laughs) okay so I'll ask you five questions so if you can answer this in one sentence or less that would be amazing got it okay all right so the first question is what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning the kids what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received I can't remember because I don't hold on to it what is the best piece of advice you've ever received just go for it what is the most rewarding thing about your business building a community of like-minded beautiful amazing women what was your quote-unquote dream job when you were younger to be a writer I love those answers I love when somebody tells me that they don't hold on to the worst advice that they've ever received like they don't think about it anymore like I'm sure I've received plenty of shit advice like I'm sure I'm like why would you hold on to that and also it comes from with advice I think it's very important to be careful to who you listen to I totally agree everyone is going to have an opinion and don't take advice from people whose shoes you don't want to follow that is the golden nugget (laughs) because (laughs) it's so so true and I think people forget that you don't have to take take on advice from other people you can listen to what they have to say without actually onboarding that I will listen to people and I will absorb and take what I need but yeah I think that that is so 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 important to recognize and I love that you said that yeah to that shit yeah literally (laughs) I think the other thing too just to add one last thing is that I think people can sometimes um be unsupportive because they're worried for you. So it actually comes from a place of care, but you've just got to prove them wrong. Like I've had so many experiences in my life, literally almost my whole career. You know, you've always got like key people whose opinions I feel like you probably care about a little bit more Mm -hmm. where like they've been like, like literally we're not going to support you. (laughs) You just prove them wrong. You've just got to do your own thing and be successful. And like I said, believe in yourself and then people will believe in you too. I just like when you do things that... Uh, potentially left field or more entrepreneurial or not on the you know textbook path that so many parents kind of want their kids to be on um their concern and lack of support comes from a place of care Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) which is a bit confusing 
But I feel like along the way, I've just kind of always been really successful in what I do. And that was originally in the community space and moving abroad and living overseas and doing incredible grassroots community work and then getting, you know, receiving awards for the work that I did, then getting a scholarship to do my master's, like a fully funded scholarship to do my master's in a really prestigious university, you know, so I feel like you just, you know, and now this kind of entrepreneurial journey for me, which I love and I do feel like I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit that they just kind of learn to trust you and you show them through your success that you know what you're doing and you're all good. Yeah, that's that's it. Hey, Sometimes you can tell people as much as you want. You can continuously say over and over again, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. But until you can show them with your actions that you are okay and you, you're perfectly fine and you you know what you're doing, um, sometimes that is just what needs to happen. Totally. Yeah, it can be really hard to do, but you just trust yeah. yourself. You'll be okay. Just trust yourself. And actions speak louder than words. And, yeah. you know, I do feel like entrepreneurship is not a linear journey. And I think that's also something, particularly with younger women starting out, and even me to some extent, you know, like not that I'm not a young woman, but do you know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. I've got a bit of experience under my belt at this point, is that, there's this idea of immediacy these days. And I feel like everybody wants their business or their journey to just blow up in the first week. And then it's really disheartening when it doesn't. It's like, I just don't feel like that's reality. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, that happens for some people, but everybody I know who's achieved success along their entrepreneurial journey has been working for between two to five to 10 years on Mm -hmm. it. So you see them at the final point where they're like, they've got a million followers and their business is going viral and their stuff is all over the world and they're getting all this acknowledgement. And, you know, a lot of stuff now is like, I'm making, you know, six figures, seven figure business. Like, you know, it's all these numbers are getting thrown around, but you don't, you don't see the journey. You don't see the late nights. You don't see the failures. You don't see the struggles that gets them to that point and I feel like that can be quite disheartening but also I feel like if there's something people can take away from this is to just keep going and be consistent and trust yourself and be clear about your objectives and how you want to get there and don't be deterred by others just focus on yourself and there's enough to go around so you'll be successful it just does take time Mm -hmm. I think the vision of immediacy is um, can be quite toxic Yes, I absolutely love that you said that because it's such that instant gratification that people are always searching for um, can really get get in your way. If you can teach yourself, yeah, if you can teach yourself that delayed gratification and, you know, enjoying the process and the journey along the way and what you learn. It never feels like you have to get to this peak and then then you're going to be happy when you achieve that. It's that search for that. And I I have struggled with that in the past, but it's something I've taught myself now. So I really love that you shared that. No, I definitely agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we wrap up, did you want to share where people can find you on socials and websites, that kind of thing? Yes. You can find me, Sarah.Shutunde, on all socials. Also, Sabi Studio and Rainbow Mermaids, the book. Perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes anyways. But thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've appreciated your time so much. And I love listening to chat and having a bit of a combo with you. So thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure. I will talk to you soon anyways. But okay, yeah, thank you again. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. So what did we think? 
I felt so inspired and honestly really heard after chatting with Sarah. I find her to be such a relatable person myself and I love that her businesses are born of her noticing the need and then actually doing something about it. Thank you again, Sarah, for being on the podcast and thank you all so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this conversation, whether that's something to implement into your life or a little bit of inspiration for your day. Tune in next Thursday for another guest episode, but until then, have a wonderful week and I'll be in your ears again soon. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Rise of Her podcast. I am a one-woman show, so if you have a moment to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again and bye for now.